Well, here we are on Australia Day. Australia Day. So I get it right. Australia. Australia Day. Which is really bad. I mean, it's a hashtag now, Australia. I mean, seriously. I wonder why the rest of the world thinks we're uneducated. We have good English. All right, 226 years ago, the first fleet landed at Botany Bay. 220 days, thereabouts, of sailing. About 1,400 people under the leadership of Captain Phillips, later to be Admiral Phillips and then Lord Phillips. They left their homeland for a land of the unknown. Now, the British had colonised some familiar places before. Yeah, they had the Americas. Then they had a civil war and sort of lost that option. But for the 1,400 people, there's about 800 convicts and the rest were soldiers, crew, family. The trip to the New World was one of danger and uncertainty. And yet they had a purpose. They prepared, they were bringing seeds and farming equipment and cattle. They didn't get it all right, they brought six rabbits with them. And that's been a problem ever since. <laughs> but they had a purpose. Some had a choice. Some didn't have a choice. They were sent. But they all had a purpose to build a new life. A purpose to establish what they saw as a new country. I don't want to get into the whole you know, Aboriginal people who are already here and, and all that goes through with that. I want to talk about purpose. But what it was like for them to come out here and have that purpose? To escape the confines of their previous life, to embark on a new adventure, to give their life meaning and purpose. Did they get it all right? Absolutely not. But then who does? Did they make some mistakes? Some absolutely horrendous ones. The rabbits being the least of them. Then decided the good idea to get the rabbits was to bring out foxes so they could hunt them and get the rabbits. And that was just as disastrous as the rabbits coming out. <laughs> then their treatment of the Aboriginals and all that sort of stuff that goes with that and, <coughs> and the history that comes out of there. The treatment of the convicts themselves when they came out. The management of the place. The management of the local flora and fauna and so on. They made some colossal errors. But that's a funny thing when you have a purpose. Is that you don't always get everything right. You're going to make mistakes. But they had a purpose. They had a plan. And today, we live the benefit of that purpose and that plan. That we're one of the wealthiest nations in the one of the wealthiest nations in the world, as I say, in the country. But yeah, 
that we do have a good life. I mean, life in Australia is 98% better than the rest of the world, than most of the world. That it was termed the lucky country. And for most it is. It's a place that people want to be a part of, that people want to be in. Is it perfect? Far from it. We've still got our errors. We've still got the things that we do wrong. We've still got things that we need to look at and make right. We don't have it all together. It's interesting as, as a part of my work with Baptist Care is I bring in um, a couple of Noongar people who come and do Aboriginal cultural training. And I like working with these guys because they don't come with agenda. And their statement is, look, they've got it wrong, we've got it wrong, and we've got to work together to find an answer. But there's no easy solution to things like dealing with what's happened in the past with our Aboriginal people. What has happened in the past with that colonisation? But I like what one of the guys says, and this guy's a Noongar elder, and he says, but we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. What we've got to look at is say, well, what are the positives for both sides? What do we gain from both sides? And how can we take that forward to be a stronger nation together? I like that because the guy has a purpose. That he sees what's gone wrong in the past, but has a purpose. Jesus too had a purpose. In Matthew 26, verse 2, just before Jesus is taken and crucified, he says to the disciples, you know that after two days, in the, two days it's the Passover, the Son of Man will be delivered up and crucified. Jesus had a purpose. He said, I've come for this. I've come to be crucified. <clears throat> I've come to live my life. I've come to be crucified. I've come to rise again. He had a clear purpose for his life. He knew what his purpose was and he stepped into it. Fortunately, he got it all right. We don't always. And I want to encourage you as we go through this day and start into this year, to remember that we too as a church have a purpose. We have a reason for being here. We have a reason for existing. And it's not just so that we can hang out together and eat fantastic lamingtons after church, because there are some of those. That we can drink good coffee, we can you know, encourage each other, and we can be with each other and then go out into our weeks. We have a purpose. We have a calling that is greater than us. We have a purpose and a calling to reach this city for Jesus Christ. Our primary purpose is to see those who aren't a part of us become a part of us through salvation, through knowing Jesus Christ, being full of his Holy Spirit, and being disciples of Jesus. This is our purpose. Just like those in the first fleet had a purpose, and challenges to go with us. Just like Jesus had a purpose and challenges to go with it, we too have a purpose to reach our city. And we can keep existing as we are and, and doing things in a safe way, or we can step out like they did on that first fleet. 
Some of them had no choice. They were taken along for the ride. They were convicts. They'd been convicted. No matter how serious the crime, they'd been convicted and told, you're going. But there were others who had a choice. Yeah, there were soldiers and they were sent. They didn't have a choice. But there were wives, there were children. There were other settlers among them who went, you know what? We have a choice. We want to take on this new land. We want to leave what is here and what we know and step out into what we don't know. We want to take on this new challenge. We want to make a difference. We want to make a mark. You too have a chance to make a mark. You too have a purpose. We know Jeremiah 29, 11 very well. I know the plans I have for you, says God. I have a plan for your life. Psalm says that before the world was even created, God knew you and had a purpose for your life. The start of Jeremiah, Jeremiah receives a call. And God says, this is your purpose for your life. And it's the same for us as the church. God has a purpose for us as a church. And that's why we're going out and why we're launching on the 16th of March, while we're stepping outside of our comfort zone, while we're taking on a challenge that, that pushes us beyond our current limits. It's like us stepping onto the boat, taking all that we have and putting it on the line. I was reading through some of the stats this morning of the people that came out. And over 120 people died in those 220 days. 120 people didn't make it. Interestingly, more, sorry, less convicts died than those who actually got on that were among the soldiers, among the families, among those who came out for a new life. Is there a risk in stepping out? Absolutely. Is it scary? Absolutely. Can you imagine those 220 days? Riding through storms, dealing with all types of weather, would have been oppressive heat, very cold. The food was probably a bit the same. Just the danger of having fellow people on the boat and everyone being in that close situation. We just came back from spending a few days in Bustleton and, and the campsite we're at, there are a lot of people there. Probably the most I've seen at that campsite ever. And it was perilous to walk into the kitchen because there's only one kitchen and there's just people everywhere and flies everywhere and food everywhere. And so we went night out. <laughs> <laughs> But when you've got all these people in one place, it does cause, you know, we all like things our way. We like things safe. We like them just so. I mean, if you're in a boat that's not much bigger than this room, and there's a couple of hundred people in that space, it's not pleasant for 220 days. You have to let go of your rights, my space, what I want for the greater good. 
of achieving the purpose of what you've set out for. And that's us as we go out and as we launch together. We have a dream of a church that changes this city. We have a dream of a multi-campus church, of planting new churches, of seeing tens of thousands of people come to know Jesus and become disciples of him. We have a dream of seeing schools and universities raised up, raising up people and sending him out to the nations. We have a dream, but it'll only ever stay a dream if we just stay huddled together. Our dream has to become our purpose. Our dream has to become our vision. Our dream has to become almost all-consuming that we put everything on the line for our dream. Just like that they did on the first fleet. Just like Jesus did when he died on the cross. Put it all on the line. Everything out there and go, I believe in what we are doing. I believe in what God has called us to do. Now they planned and they prepared Yeah, they had the equipment, they had the seeds, they had the bits and pieces. But it was still tough. We're the same, we're planning, we have a purpose. We have preparation behind there, we do research, we get as much information as we can, we learn from others who have gone before us. But we still have to take the step of getting out and into that boat and riding that journey. I want to encourage you to put everything you can, to put everything into us launching together. To be a person who doesn't just sit on the sidelines and goes, well, we'll see if this works. But to embrace the opportunity to step into God's purpose. To be a person who gives financially, of your time, of your energy, To say, I want to be a part of this and be a part of the preparation. Is it going to be easy? No. Can we guarantee success? No. There's a risk involved. Just like the first fleet, they ran a risk of ships sinking. They ran a risk of running out of food and water. Of things like becoming becalmed, not being able to go anywhere. They ran a risk of arriving at the destination and not being what they expected, being harder than what they expected. But when you came out on that first fleet, there were no passengers. You either got in and got the work done or you didn't survive. And that's how we've got to approach this as we step out together, that we're in this together, that we're pulling together, that we're giving together, that we're working together, that we're encouraging each other together. Yeah, there's a bit of fear. Yeah, there's a bit of uncertainty. But there's also opportunity to make a difference. I want to encourage you, go back through the letter that was sent to you. If you haven't got a copy of it, there's some behind where Dale's sitting. And on that list, there's a whole lot of prayer points to every day step through those points and to pray, to pray for each other, to stand together, to continue to give. 
of our finances, of our energy, of our effort, of our time. To commit to seeing and doing all that we can to step out and make a difference. Yes, it's a risk. But we're a nation that's been founded on risk. We're a nation that has a reputation of taking on the challenge and overcoming. One of the things that annoys me about our country is when we celebrate Anzac Day. Because we celebrate one of the greatest defeats we saw as a nation. I always want to move it to October 31st. Which is one of the greatest accomplishments we had as a nation. Light horsemen taking Bathsheba. Bathsheba was a strategic point in the Middle East. It was a point that the British had tried and tried and tried to take in several ways. They needed to break through Bathsheba to reach the rest of the Middle East. It was the water source they needed to be able to push forward and win the battle in that area. And the light horsemen put their hands up and said, we can do this. And they marched for days through the desert until they got to the point where they ran out of water facing Bathsheba. The situation was either take Bathsheba or die. They had no water left. There was no turning back. Behind them was desert. In front of them was a heavily fortified city. But it had the water they needed. And so they went forward. It had been, there'd been defeat after defeat in that place. But they went forward with a new strategy. Their light horseman strategy is they'd ride forward. They get to a couple of hundred metres out, dismount from their horses and then would shoot from there. They changed their tactic. And as they approached, see the Turks on the other side knew this tactic, and so they set their sights for where the light horsemen normally stopped on their guns. They set their cannons for that range. The light horsemen charged. And rather than stopping a few hundred metres out and dismounting, they kept going, and they kept going. And they kept going. They changed the tactic. So much so that the guns of the enemy became ineffective. And they ran straight over the trenches. Straight on. And were able to save the city. Be able to save the wells and the precious water. And it turned the war in that region. Because they had a purpose. We have a purpose. We're a nation that's built on purpose. We haven't always got it right, but we're a nation that's built on purpose. A nation that loves the challenge and takes it on. And now it's our turn spiritually. It's our turn to take on this nation. Others have gone before us and they haven't succeeded. There are others who have gone forward before us and they haven't made it. I can give you 10 churches in this area that have closed over the last 20 years. But we have a strategy that they didn't have. We have a dedicated group of people who want to make a difference. And 
and we can go into this in a different way to what it's gone in before. No other church has launched like we're going to launch. We haven't done it this way before. But we can draw from how many churches? Several hundred churches done across the US, across Ireland, and across Queensland. We are now the light horsemen of Perth. So it's time to get on our horses and to charge and to take the risk and to step out and take this city for Jesus. It's the start of a journey. You know that battle didn't win the whole war? It was the start of the journey towards winning the war in that region. And so it is for us. It's the start of a journey of winning the war of this city. And the great thing is we're not alone. There are churches standing with us. There are churches who are also pushing forward. We have an opportunity to fulfill our purpose. I want to encourage you to stay strong, to grab that prayer list and to pray because that's our first step in all of our warfare is to be that people of prayer. We've got churches who are standing with us, who have those lists, who are praying with us. I would encourage you to get involved, to find something you can do, to talk to Dale and I and go, how can I be a part of this? Because there's a whole lot of stuff that needs doing as we head towards that. I would encourage you to give. We're a good tithing church. Let's go beyond that and be a good giving church. We can make a difference. I believe with everything in me that we will succeed. That we will have a fantastic launch. That we will see the numbers there. I sit down and, and someone's like, yeah, the doubts come in. And I just turn to God and I really feel God pushing and pushing. I was sitting yesterday playing, playing a game of cards on my phone. And I'm sitting there just, just having a few minutes just playing this game. And I can feel doubts rising up about the whole church and launching out and so on. I thought, this is ridiculous. And God spoke into my spirit. And he said, you don't look at what's gone before. He said, I am the God of the impossible. He said, you have a strategy. You have a plan that is sound. You have a people who are dedicated and full of my spirit. You have a purpose and you have my blessing. You have a lot of work to do before and after because it's not just about the launch, it's about going on beyond that as a church. But you can do it. And then he said to me, watch this. And I'm sitting here playing this game and it flicked on to the next deal. And I got the perfect hand. I went, cool. And to start the game, I had to pick up a card. And I picked up a card. And this is the sort of game where you can carry a card into the next round. And I picked up the perfect card for me to go into the next round. And God, I went, this is ridiculous, God, you're showing off now. And he said to me, I'm in control. It's okay. I'm in control. It's okay. Now, I'm not basing our whole faith on a card game. 
But it was just God saying, I care about every part of you. I see what you're going through. I see you pushing forward. And I'm in control. You've done the work. We've done the preparation. We're finishing that journey. We're heading towards that launch. And God's in control. And it's time for us to step into our purpose and shape this nation for the next 20, 50, 100 years. Because what we do as we launch out together is not about us. It's about the generations to come. That as we reach out and we touch families, as we reach out to those parents, they have kids. And they have grandkids. And they have kids beyond that. And when you change, you get one couple saved, you change a whole family's life. And you change the generations beyond that and the generations beyond that. That's our purpose, is to change the shape of this nation as we step out. I really want to encourage you, get involved, be a part of it, be a person of prayer, be a person who's working in there, giving in there, being a part of the journey. Together we can do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've given us a purpose. Father, we know it can be a little scary at times and we can look back at the past and, and wonder and, and think through. And, but I want to thank you, God, that you're in control. And we give ourselves afresh to you. And Lord, we take on this challenge as a church to be all that you made us to be. To be a church that sees this city changed. Of people coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. To be a nation-changing church. Father, I thank you we don't do this journey alone, but we do it with brothers and sisters in Christ across many churches. We pray guide us, lead us, fill us with your spirit and empower us to achieve the purpose you have for our life that you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.